We will continue letter 11 of the holy letters of the Balatanya, which is known as Laskil Chabina, to enlighten with understanding. And we are going on a deep, fascinating journey into the beginning of enlightenment. Enlightenment with understanding. And we have started we have started the beginning of enlightenment, which we explained is the beginning of this letter. That the Balatanya starts out to enlighten with understanding, and he says that not by this path will the light of God dwell within one. By which path? He's referring to the path of desiring the life of the flesh and children and sustenance meaning that a person has deep desires, attachments, as we discussed yesterday. And the Balatanya goes on and he says, For on this our sages of blessed memory said, Nullify your will out of deference to his will. Give up the things that you want for what God wants. Meaning to say this means, That a person's will should be given over, he shouldn't have it at all, it should be nullified. That he should have no desire whatsoever in any worldly matters. Now this is one of the most fascinating sentences that's in the whole entire Tanya, and at some level it encapsulates the whole entire Tanya, but in order to appreciate its majesty, in order to appreciate its grandeur, in order to appreciate its magic, we have to go deep into the idea of marriage. Because as we explained in the past, marriage is a metaphor of our relationship with Hashem. And the essence of marriage is the essence of what happened to Matan Torah. We're going to celebrate Matan Torah in a few days. Matan Torah is the giving of our Torah. And if we could go very deep into the beauty of the holiday of Matan Torah, if we could go into it very deeply, then we could begin to understand what does it mean a marriage with God, that the Jewish people married Hashem. And we could begin to understand what is the depth of our own marriage. And we could begin to understand what's the meaning of marriage. And then we can begin to understand what's the joy in marriage. What's the joy of love? What's the joy of unity? And to begin to understand the enlightenment that the Alter Rebbe is sharing over here, we have to go deep into marriage. You see, when the Yidin came to Matan Torah, one of the most powerful things happened in history. The purpose of the world became realized. For one moment in time, everything changed after Matan Torah. All the Kabbalists talk about this at length, and all the Hasidic masters focus on this. 
that the Jews went into Mitzrayim for 210 years and they suffered only for one moment in time. It was all worth it. I pulled you out of Mitzrayim, I protected you, I redeemed you, I revealed to you, and I took you. Those are four levels of going out of Mitzrayim. I took you out of the belly of the Mitzrayim. I protected you from all of their, from the trauma, from all of the pain, from all of the suffering, from all of, from all, from all that you went through. And then I redeemed you. I redeemed you was during Kriyas Yamsov when I showed you what means freedom. I showed you the core of your identity, that you are a soul. I showed you the beauty of the future, the beauty, the glorious revelation of the souls. And Velakachti, and I took you. That is Matan Torah. That is the marriage that happened between the Jews and, the, and Hashem during Matan Torah. Not to fully comprehend the majesty of this. We need to go deep into what was revealed during Matan Torah. And once we're going to understand what was revealed Matan Torah, we're going to understand the depth and the beauty and the vibrancy of marriage. Once we understand what happened on this moment of Matan Torah, why was this moment so great? That this was the purpose of the world. That it says in Medrash that Hashem created the world only for Matan Torah. And the whole entire Torah mitzvahs, which is the purpose of the world, we're given a Matan Torah. And everything that the Jews went through for 210 years of suffering was all worth it for that moment of Matan Torah. So one of the fa most fascinating magical explanations that we have in this is that at the moment of Matan Torah when the Jews came, the revelation opened up, all the heavens opened up. Similar to what happened in Kriyas Yamsuf, but so much more fascinating happened at the moment of Matan Torah. Because in that level, the Jewish people saw that this world is broken up into four kingdoms. They saw at that moment the clarity of the soul, of our consciousness, of the core of who a person is. And this concept is so fascinating, it's so magical if you think about it. They saw that in this world, There are four levels, four kingdoms, four ways that we could observe the world. They saw that everything around them breaks themselves up into four worlds. The first world is the mineral kingdom. The mineral kingdom is a kingdom full of bodies. Everything is a body. You have your table. You have your chairs, you have your houses, you have the floor outside you, you have your cars, you have every single thing that you could touch and hold in your hand. Everything that doesn't grow, that doesn't have any life in it. Most of this world, if you look very carefully, most of the wedding, all the things you're going to look around, everything is dead. 
its bodies, its furniture. It's a tremendous amount of furniture in this world. Furniture means that its bodies, its containers that contain no soul. It has no vibrancy, it has, it's not growing. It's something you could touch, but it doesn't move. It's immovable. That is known as the mineral kingdom. It's mineral. What does mineral mean? It has no breath, it has no life, it does not grow. You cannot see, you only see the body. Where's the soul? It's dead. So all of a sudden, the Jewish people, the beginning of Matan Torah, the beginning of the revelation, they saw that the first kingdom in this world is a world of bodies, of furniture, of containers, of minerals, no life force. Then they saw the second kingdom. The second kingdom is vegetable kingdom. The vegetable kingdom is a kingdom that grows. It's known as soimeach, it grows. What is it? It's a whole entire kingdom of botany. Flowers, grass, fruits, vegetables. Everything is growing. But what is the soul of that? The soul is asleep. Their soul is entirely asleep. You come to a wedding, you see flowers. You see wine. You're about to sanctify the chosan akala and the wine. That wine came from vegetables. That's the vegetable kingdom. What happens in the vegetable kingdom? What happens is everything grows magically, beautifully, but the soul is asleep. The vegetables have no eyes. The vegetables can't walk around. The vegetables can't move. They are rooted in their place. They grow and grow, and then they die. Or they grow, they grow, they're cut off, and they're consumed by humans, or they're consumed by animals. And their whole entire existence is just to grow. They have a body and a tiny bit of soul, which the soul allows the grass, the vegetables, the fruits to grow. And the more soul the vegetable kingdom has, the more it turns into a fruit or a vegetable, which means that you water the ground and into the ground, into the body of the ground, which the ground is just a container, is just a mineral, into the ground you put in water, you mix this water and the mineral and then came out a vegetable and it's unbelievable because if you had a, fr- a real fruit, you have basically a body that has a tiny bit of soul and then you're able to consume that. But those bodies have no eyes, they have no way of moving around. They are purely asleep. The soul of that body, of the vegetable kingdom, is purely asleep. And it grows, and either you consume it as a mineral, the minerals that are in the vegetables, or you consume it for its taste, amazing taste of wine, amazing taste of fruit, and it gives you sustenance, or it gives the animals sustenance. But it has no way of seeing, it has no way of observing outside itself, and has no way of moving. It cannot move around in location, it's rooted in its own place. And then the Jewish people discovered there was a third kingdom, and that is known as the animal kingdom. The animal kingdom is the beginning of the soul. Where now, not only the person is asleep, not only the soul is asleep in the body, but the animal kingdom, all the animals are moving around. So animals, billions and trillions of types of animals, all moving around. And the animals are very different than the vegetable kingdom because they're not rooted in their place. They have eyes and they make relationships. They walk around. They're not rooted in their place. 
And they walk around, and the animals marry each other. They propagate, and then they have more animals. And then they discovered that above the animal kingdom is something called the human kingdom. The human kingdom is that in addition to the fact that you have eyes, in addition to the fact that you're an animal, that you're just eating and propagating and moving around and having relationships, just moving around and coming together to make more, there's something called the human, which the human is the consciousness, to be able to make a meaning of it all. The human is the ability to, to, to talk to another person. The intellect, the beauty of the human kingdom is so vast, it's so unexplainable, because it makes sense out of all of the three kingdoms. But there's another point to the human kingdom, which is that the spirituality, the soul of life is so much more revealed in your mind, so much more revealed in the human than in the body. So if we have to break up, there's two kingdoms that represent the soul and two kingdoms that represent the body. The body is represented by the mineral. The body is represented by the vegetable. Because the body, you see the bodies, you see the whole entire world is full of bodies, full of furniture, full of containers. So what is the body of the world? Minerals and vegetables. Because even the soul in the vegetable is asleep. You don't see the soul, it's just growing. But could you tap the soul? No. It's like a person who's asleep. The vegetable is just growing. And then you have the animal and the human. Which even though their bodies, what's revealed in the, in the animal and the human is the soul of the person. And when you get to the human, you say, he could think, he could speak. Can you hold on to that soul? Could you hold on to that that's something that you can't hold on to, but that's the beauty. It's the meaning of everything. The human is the meaning of everything. Now at the moment of Matan Torah, when Hashem came down into this world, when He was revealed itself in this world, for that moment in time, they saw these four kingdoms. And they saw that each one of these four kingdoms represent the revelation of spirituality, of soul, of consciousness, of vitality, of life in this world. If you look at the mineral kingdom, the mineral is very necessary. All of your furniture is important. All of your, your car is important. Everything you stand on is important. You come into a shul, you, you have your table, you have your cheers. All of this is mineral. Most of the world is mineral. But it's necessary for you to stand on it. But the mineral itself has no purpose, has no life other than to be the foundation of life. Your house is your home. It's where you make your stand. It's where you feel comfortable. But your house has no meaning to you other than that it contains you. And then they discovered that this vegetable, the vegetable is something you have to live off. The animals are going to live off the vegetable. The vegetable has absolutely no meaning other than it's serving the animal and it's serving the human. And then you discover deeper that even the animal, the relationships, the feelings, even that has to serve the human. And then the Jewish people discovered even deeper on a deeper level that in their own body, they have the mineral, the vegetable, the animal, and the human. From your heel to your toes is your foundation, is where you stand, 
that's mineral, it's dead. There's no feeling there. From your ankle all the way up to your hip is your vegetable. If you're standing rooted by yourself, the way you're standing by your chuppah, but the way you're standing in your room, you're rooted, you're alone by yourself. You have your own growth, your own self. You're not talking to nobody. You're growing. You're going from your heel all the way up to your hip. You're standing up. But you're still rooted. Then from your hip till your neck is your animal. This allows you to start to walk. If you, just were, if you were just rooted without your hip, if you were just rooted from your heel to your hip, you would just be standing and you go up and down, just like a vegetable. And you would be by yourself alone, rooted in your place. But then from your hip all the way to your neck is where your heart is, is where your animal is, where all your desires come from. Your will, your wanting, you want things in life. Animal kingdom created the idea of will. I want something. I feel something. Animal is different than vegetable. The holy Kabbalists say the vegetables have no feeling. They don't have a will. They don't want. They grow. And they serve their purpose. They give you food or they decay. They go back down and then they grow again. Because they're rooted in their place. So we all have a vegetable kingdom in ourselves where we're trying to grow internally. A big part of our day we're by ourselves private alone in our own thoughts. That's the vegetable. But then where's the animal? The animal's all our relationships, my feelings, my wants, my, my heart, the way it uses my eyes, is the animal kingdom. My heart, the way it uses my eyes, I see everybody as relationships, my spouse, my children, my community members, my friends. I spend a big part of my day moving around. I go to the, my business. I interact with people. That's my animal kingdom. It's my relationships. Can you see this with your mind's eye? Animals move around the whole entire day. They see each other. They become one with each other. They propagate. They, 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 they walk in unison. They fight with each other. They take from each other. They try to kill each other also. But that's the animal kingdom. It's different than the vegetable kingdom. It's much more of a soul. Because it's the beginning of will. It's the beginning of wanting. It's the beginning of, of accumulating. It's the beginning of taking. It's the beginning of wanting, desiring. And that's the vegetable kingdom. It's a deeper revelation of the soul. And then they discovered that from my head, from my neck, until the top of my head is my consciousness, is my mind. It's the smallest part of my body, but it's the most important. It makes meaning of everything. It's the revelation of my soul. It's something I can't touch. It's the, it's the brain. It's the computer of my whole entire being. It makes, it makes me different than an animal. And the goal they discovered in Matan Torah is to lift up every single level. The mineral should serve the vegetable. And the vegetable should grow. And it should accumulate and go into the animal. And that the animal should uplift itself and go higher. Until it should subjugate itself to the human. Because they discovered that the purpose of all marriage, the purpose of all relationships, the purpose of all animals, is that the animal should serve the human. The animal should be sacrificed. They discovered that the idea of the meaning of it all is to take every level and elevate one level. The mineral should become an animal. It should go into the animals. And the animals should go into the humans. And the human should sanctify all of the three four, all of the three kingdoms together, and they should sanctify God, become one with God, become a dwelling place for God. And then they discover the most magical thing of all. Which is that the Jewish people are Adam Elyon. That you were created, the human is created in the image of God. And every single chuppah, 
at the moment of chuppah that everyone's waiting for. We say these seven blessings. We say the seven blessings which teach the chassan and kala to reenact what happened in Matan Torah, which is the core of the world, to understand the soul of this world, to understand the containers of these four kingdoms that hold the soul of consciousness. And the purpose of it all is to become one with God. And the first bracha that we say is, we say, Baruch Hashem, that you made the fruit of the vine. Where do you bring the fruit from? What is the fruit? The grape, what is it? The grape is something that came out from the vine. It's from a mineral kingdom, from that sprouts forth a fruit, which is known as a grape. And that grape was crushed, and the sweetness of wine came out. And you're going to sanctify now. You are both chasen and kala going to make a, a kiddush on one cup. And they're both going to drink from that cup. Because they're one soul that's separate in two different bodies. And they discovered the mineral kingdom which gives birth to the vegetable kingdom in that bracha. Because that's the purpose of it. The purpose of the whole mineral divine was to give the fruit which was the grape. And now we have a cup of wine. We're holding a cup in our hands. The cup is also the mineral. But inside the cup lies the beginning of life. The beginning of life in this world which is the vegetable kingdom. And the ultimate vegetable which is the sweetness of wine. And that wine is going to go into us and it's going to cultivate the joy. What type of joy? Where is it going to cultivate a joy? In our animal. Both the chassan and kala, they have an animal. It's their stomach. It's their, from their hip up until their heart, up until their neck. It is the animal of them. And it's going to cultivate, that wine's going to go into them and it's going to give them a tremendous joy by that wedding. It's going to give them a tremendous vitality. One cup of wine for two people. It's going to give them a tremendous joy. It's going to bring you But they're separate. They're two separate people because they have two separate animals. What is an animal? It's the separate sense of self. It's my feeling, my covet. You will marry me for my covet. I feel my own identity, my will. My will is my covet. Is the way you respect me, the way you love me, the way you cherish me. If we were one entirely, with no separation, you would never be able to respect me. You would never be able to give me my will. My will is my separateness from you. The idea that I have a will, an animal has a will. Can you see this with your mind's eye? A vegetable has no will. An animal has a will. A will is my respect, my separate identity. I, I, am, I have my will, you have my will, and I respect your will. The second bracha is, we say, Baruch Hashem, who created all things for His glory. Why is there an animal kingdom? Why is there a separation? Why is there this will? Why do we have this will? I'm standing separate from my kala right now. Oh, my kala is standing separate from me. And we are uniting as one. For what reason? Because we both have an animal. We were both beganedem ikedem. We were one soul. But we were put into this body because now, in addition to my mineral, in addition to my vegetable, my aloneness, my separateness, I have my animal. My animal is my desire to, to marry. My animal is my separate sense of identity. My animal is I could see you with my eyes. Means there's me and there's you. Mean I want things, I want to get married, and you want to get married. And hopefully our wills combine. But what is my will? My will is my covet. But why did Hashem create this marriage? Not only the marriage of you and your wife, or your wife and you, but why did He create this marriage at all? Because He made a marriage because He wanted a marriage with Him and the Jewish people. What did He want with this marriage? The animal kingdom is just so it should elevate itself to the human kingdom. Elevate itself means sacrifice itself. See the purpose of it, which is unity. 
which is that the animal should become one with the human. The animal should serve the human. Why are we getting married? Am I getting married to conquer you? To dominate you? To own you? Is that the purpose of the animal kingdom? The animal kingdom has a beautiful thing. They propagate. They can see the other person. But is that the purpose of the kingdom? Is that the whole entire purpose? To stay with my animal? To use my heart should run after my eyes and see what I can see? How can I use you? Or is there, is there a deeper purpose, which is that my heart should be sanctified? And that is the next blessing that we say. Baruch Hashem, Adam. After Kvoidoi, after my separateness, my animal, my head is where my soul is. Yoitzer Adam. But then we say, what is Adam? What is man? What is this intellect? What's the meaning of it all? We may say the next bracha. Asher, you, you, you made us in the Tzalem of Elikim. That man is the image of God. You're looking at your wife, you should know your wife is the, your image. Your wife is looking at you, she's looking at her own image. You are looking at your own image. The idea of separateness that could become one. And once it's the discovery at the moment of your chuppah, that the purpose of your separateness is to become one. To sanctify your mineral, to sanctify your vegetable, to sanctify your animal. To sanctify your human and become one with God. To get into this marriage, why? You're going to drink this wine because this wine makes you one. You drank from one cup. You have one soul. And you're going to elevate your mineral. You're going to elevate your vegetable. You're going to elevate your animal. And you, till it becomes human, until the human will become a partner with God. You will make children. You will make them children in holiness, in purity, in unity. You will build a home where God and you and your spouse are one. Which is Yishkan Hashem, which is the purpose of this world. What's the purpose? Just that unity alone. And then we go on to the next bracha, Ava Va'akva Shalom Bereus. That the whole entire thing is to bring children into this world, which is the next bracha. And then the next bracha is Ava Achva Shalom Bereus. That you're going to have Mehid Hashem Alekenu, you're going to have Simcha. This wedding is going to be the story of your life. Husband and wife are going to dance the dance of love, the dance of marriage, the dance of unity. But how could you have that unity? By having a will? By cultivating your animal kingdom or by realizing that the core of the animal kingdom is to get to the deeper sense of consciousness which is the soul that's revealed in the human kingdom which is the mind, the meaning, the giving, the transformation, the transcending, the elevating of every single kingdom. What is the essence of a marriage? Is the essence of a marriage that I'm my, my, my human is going to be trapped in my animal and I'm going to conquer my spouse or my spouse is going to control me? Or is the beauty, what can I give to my spouse? How I can sacrifice my animal? That I have a will I discovered that I have a will, my animal, my separate sense of self. But I want to give you that will. I want to do everything for you. I want to serve you. I want to take care of you. I want to make you my queen. I want to make you my king every day of my life. I want to take my wedding and make that real. Why am I separate from Hashem? Why do I have an animal? All because I can elevate it to my human. And who is my human? Yoitzer Adam. B'tzalem Musti. Tavnisoy. You were created in His image. You're marrying God. You and God are one. Means transcending, elevating, getting to your consciousness, going deeper than your mind. Even the human kingdom is only betzalendemus. Even your human, you have to give up and you have to discover it deeper. And what's the purpose of my life? And what's more of a core of my identity? And that's the ultimate purpose of a marriage. And that the Yidin discovered during their wedding, during the wedding with the Abishur. And that is the essential discovery that husband and wife have. And now we're going to begin to understand what the Balatanya says, the beauty of enlightenment is, that a person should nullify his will, he should watch his will disintegrate, not because he's giving it up, 
but because your whole entire will is for your spouse. Because that's love, because that allows the infinity of my soul to flow through me and my wife. That the wine that goes deep into us brings out an infinite love that we have in each other that's not attached, it's not rooted. It's not going to be if you're going to be smile to me, if you're going to give me. Because that's still the animal kingdom and the idea is to elevate to the human kingdom. And the idea of the human kingdom is where God becomes redeemed in my soul, in my body. Where the, my, my house is a Mishkan Hashem, where there's unity and peace. Where I'm not looking for you to give me something in return, other than to have unity, which that's Yishkan Hashem, which we'll go into deeper in Hashem tomorrow.